Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, Jimmy, we're live. Jimmy, we're live. When you take the floor, no matter who's available, you have a chance. Hi, Jimmy, we're live. I'm disappointed in the way we played on multiple big possessions. Okay. Hi, buddy. Is that that you or Brad? (laughs) That's Brad. I'm just reading tweets. Jimmy, you know we're live, right? Oh, we're already live. Yeah. During yeah, that whole, during the reading of the of the of the post game, we're live. <laughs> hey, it's informative. We get the yeah. people. We get the people that knowledge. Jimmy, yeah. you might have to jump out. You can't hear John. I can't hear uh, John right, right off the top. I can't hear him. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, we're already down a man, Jimmy. We can't. We can't live with this. All right, John versus Bobby. Let's do this. <laughs> this uh, is two sides of the spectrum. I know two sides of the coin. We're gonna be on a. We're gonna be on the same page with some of the stuff tonight because there was. Some atrocious things, but people are kind of clicking in here. Celtics lose um, second time in two nights to Philly. Not a huge surprise, and it's not in an excuse-making sort of way. Um, but uh, you know, we're waiting for Jimmy to jump back in. We'll get started. No Jason Tatum uh, for a second night in a row. They lose. Let's bring in Jimmy. Jimmy, what do you say, buddy? You got it. You got us, Jimmy. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so lose for a second straight night. We'll wait for Jimmy to come in before we get into the meat of it. Um, lots to talk about tonight. There's some good, uh, some bad. Uh, Jalen Brown, an awesome game. We'll get into him. Uh, and again, there's a lot to talk about with Jalen because, again, he just continues to impress. Uh, Peyton Pritchard hurt. That's bad. Um, we'll see how bad he's hurt, but I mean, he went out immediately and, uh, that meant more Jeff Teague minutes and nobody likes that. And, uh, and, uh, just a whole bunch of frustrating little things to talk about. So Bobby, just your opening thoughts on the game. And I, you know, we all watched it. I'm going to, I'm going to get at Marcus a little bit again here, uh, for, for, for the down the stretch stuff there, just inexcusable lapses left and right that, that really, really hurt him. But uh, we could start with that, or you can go in any direction you want. But that's that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go there too. The turnover—that was the play. 
you look at 420 left, you're down six. Yeah. And Simmons had just gotten an and one, and you let him run the other way yeah. for two and essentially end the game there with a lazy pass. It's just, more than that, though. Before yeah. that, he's got the they're down. He could have cut the lead to two on that nice cut where he has a layup, and then he turns a he turns a layup into a 10 out of 10 degree of difficulty sort of shot. Okay. Uh, and then they go the other way and they knock down a three. That was a five point swing right there. You know, yeah. I mean, just a disaster. And then, and then the turnover there, uh, it just a total meltdown, uh, you know, late there where you had a game that could have been a two point game and all of a sudden it's an eight point game and it was over. And then Philly was off and running and Mark Marcus was whatever the opposite of catalyst is, uh, you know, for that he's, he, 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 he lit the flame. He was the tinder. Jimmy, I like you up here, buddy. So I'm moving you. Okay. Um, what, what did I miss? Because this is the first time in show history I couldn't hear you right off the top. I, yeah. I don't even – I was probably talking over you and didn't even know I was talking over you. We're you talking were talking smart. about the quote. You were, you were reading the quote, and we were trying to tell you that we're live. We, and Thanks we thought God, you were doing no it for a threat. Yeah. No, I, I had no idea we were live. I mean, I could have been reading a lot worse. But, yeah. I mean, I guess sum it up. Brad Stevens sounded disappointed in the team in the fourth quarter there, which um, checks out. Fourth quarter meltdown. We went in a little bit on Marcus there. I mean, there was he's not the only person. There was a lot of breakdowns, but just that exchange there where he took that crazy degree of difficulty layup, um, and then and then uh, and then the turnover, of course, and the game was over there after he threw that lazy pass to Simmons. So uh, just a bad couple of uh, sequences there for Marcus, but really the whole team in the fourth quarter just a collapse like that. I mean, how many times? What was the game earlier in the year where it was over? And then the other team went on like a 10-0 run in 12 seconds. The, it was the Pritchard tip-in game. No, there yeah. was another game where the starters had to come back in too. Was that the there was that, game? There was the other, the Pritchard tip-in game, I think it was a 10 Miami, game. it was the 10 nothing run against Miami. Yeah. Yeah. And that happened in like 48 seconds. This one was at least 90 Right before seconds. the layoff, yeah. yeah. So that has happened this year, certainly. We know the defense hasn't been great all year. I think that's where things started to go awry early in the fourth. Lapses against Simmons, letting him get into the lane with some kickouts. I was disappointed, though, that they did such a great job on Joel Embiid in this game. Now he ends up with 38, which doesn't look like a great job in the end, but they got him into some foul trouble. They forced a little frustrating stretch on him through the midway point of the game. And to let Kirk Maz spins in the fourth, who had been struggling for pretty much seven straight quarters to start this. I'm thinking of Danny Green a little bit, too, when we consider his offensive rebound, and then that stretch of this one as well. And Dwight! Dwight was great in this one, in that third quarter. Like, the role guys killed Boston here. I thought this was the worst bench night for the Celtics, and the starters collapsed too, of course, in the end. But what set it up after the Celtics had a pretty commanding lead midway through was that bench disaster in the third. I, I thought Green was better late, bad early in this one. You know, Semi got going a little bit late. Uh, I think a Tice got knocked around a little bit by Embiid, as you would expect. And Rob had a great stretch early, but you couldn't go back to him later. So not the best night for the bench. And you know how I feel about Jeff Teague. I don't even have to say anything about his night. You really you really are going to go with Jeff Teague. You're going to give the Jeff Teague cheap shot this early in the show? You couldn't oh, resist. he was awful. He was so bad. When he okay, but of, of the people we're going to talk about who are bad, are we going to focus time on the guy who's like the fourth guard on the team who plays about eight minutes a game? Or the no. two – two dudes who started who were just absolute net negatives again with grant grant williams and tristan thompson starting 
starting, playing. They were, better than, they were better than Teague, though. Thompson, I, I'm not going to really bash Thompson tonight. I thought he played much he better, was better than he did Wednesday. They tried to get him. They tried to get him going a little bit early in the game. I mean, they were driving to the hoop and they were finding him wide open under the basket. He missed a couple, um, or at least missed one. That I mean, John, like we've talked about, he 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 makes it look difficult on offense. He makes it look very very difficult. The ball just does not leave his hands like how it should. I don't Who know. What are we talking about? Thompson. Like the like the four foot six foot. Like, He's flat shots. on yeah, both ends. Like, Everything he is. Can't, he can't. He just can't really get to where he needs to get, but they are working at it. I thought you played much better tonight than Wednesday. On offense, um, yeah. On offense, yeah, sure. Um, defense, still not good. Defense, I, I heard Grandy on the radio say Embiid, and this was through the third quarter, 9-10 against Thompson. It's not even close. It's tonight. an automatic bucket. It, yeah. it, there's, there's not even a token resistance. It's it's abysmal. Tice, not much better either on the defensive side. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I mean, they have nobody. Very few people have someone who can match up with them. Rob, Rob did all right. Thompson is supposed to be able to put up a little bit of a fight, and he, and he, and he can't. Now, Embiid is just right. nasty. That stretch he, he went is. on against Rob in particular, because Rob was you know, competing down there, holding his ground, but then he would pull out the spin move and the footwork and the ducking up and under against them, just impossible moves to deal with. And then you saw him gaming the officials. When they started, you know, you saw Tice bump him a few times on some rebounds. He comes up with the neck. He comes up with the knee. I think that was in the second <sighs> quarter. And all of a sudden... After halftime, the free throws start flowing again. I saw he got up to 11 by the end of the night. He ends up, you know, it wasn't a 21 free throw type night for him. But, you know, he he made his mark with the officials and ended up getting his 14 of 15 at the line by the end of this one. His efficiency is insane. He hits both threes. I mean, this guy is just moving closer and closer to MVP status to start this year. And, <laughs> again, through foul trouble, 30 minutes, he scores 38. I know Greg... Greg LeClerc is clearly not a big Grant fan. The comment is up there for a long time. Poor Grant. But I will say it was tough watching him try to put some low post moves that he just did just doesn't have. I mean, I I I don't know where you go with, with Grant. I know they're starting him right now. Uh, I I'm maybe I'm just my basketball brain isn't big enough, but I just don't see maybe what other people see in terms of really what he's well, Brad clearly really good at out there. Brad clearly stopped seeing it as well um, because he uh, he 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 pulled the plug in the second. He pulled the plug early. Um, I saw him late too, though. No, but I'm saying he played 11 total minutes. He played four in the first half. You know Brad, what I hated too that Brad you saw it and any 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 yeah right. Well, it's a tough matchup. I mean, anybody put in that position is going to be tough. We haven't even mentioned Tobias Harris, or maybe you guys haven't. I haven't, and I wasn't listening. No, but, we I haven't mean, talked another, about most series. An, Another guy that he's a guy that he's listen, he can score, he got the money that he got, but I, I, I think a lot of people in Philly would probably would have probably gotten rid of them if they could. I mean, he's a guy that you can't let him get everything he wants to get like he did tonight. And he was a Wednesday he was he was great for them and tonight he was even better. So if he's on and Simmons is doing his thing, which again, you know, it's crazy that he won't shoot an 18 footer, but he's so effective the way he is on both ends. I mean, it's almost like you want to criticize him and I want to make fun of him, but I can't because he's the reason that Philly pulled away. Like they did down the stretch there in the fourth. I mean, just what the other effects he has in the game. 
He's an so excellent good. mid-range shooter, and those break up the game a little bit. It's kind of like a yeah. Jalen Brown thing that you see from him this year. Wait, oh, Philly, no, Philly's wait. Got- You're talking – are we talking about Harris or Simmons here? Harris. Okay, yeah. Jimmy had switched. Yeah, well, I, I moved it to Simmons, and I know yeah. Simmons isn't a great He's mid- not an excellent shooter. No, no, no. It was Simmons who pulled them from, like, Celtics were in striking distance, and then Simmons is affecting the game, defensive end and on the offensive end. Even though he doesn't shoot, it's still – reason to you know consider him uh you know a very lethal option out there on the court yeah and he gets the transition game opening in That's that it, fourth yeah. you shouldn't see the game that wide open in the fourth quarter though and that comes down to the turnover that we already went over a bunch but i also see from the celtics this whole series and the sixers did it too and they got hurt for stretches of the game doing this just gaming the officials and grant did it which was worst of all you're gonna take this crazy fade away shot on the baseline and stop playing oh, to talk to the ref. Tough. And that, that, that ended up being a transition breakout in the third quarter. And it's like, what are you doing? You haven't had any success all season offensively. You think you're going to get a call and you know, smart does it a little bit. Jalen has done a it little bit to this series. So all right. A lot. <laughs> you mentioned it. Smart is now at the point where he he's like, He's like the boy who cried wolf. Like, even if he does get fouled, like, I don't even think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore because of, of like, the history there with the flame. How about the play at the beginning? The elbow falls and B just sends it out to Harris. And, and, and then B just, like, is like, what, what's, what's this guy doing? And then they go and, you know, go down the court. And Marcus is pretending like up. he got hit in the mouth. He didn't get hit in the mouth. I understand reacting to an elbow that's coming your way, but. I've never you, understood You can't go this. 150%. Like, you, I've you, never understood this. The refs, there are cameras, okay? They they watch this. If they don't catch it in real time, they see it <laughs> after the game. Like that stuff kills your credibility. You can't fly, you can't do stuff like that all the time. No one didn't have a chance. <laughs> You've completely lost credibility. There's not only it, that, John. But, uh, but, uh, but that being said, Embiid gets away with it. Embiid's a Embiid flopped forty times tonight. Yeah. And beat embellishes everything. And it's more embarrassing when you do it when you're 7'2", 270 pounds. You're drinking a margarita? Actually, yeah, I am. Good for you. That's a good drink. Well, you know, I figured it's Friday night. I, I imagine a few of the people watching tonight will probably have some sort of bev with them. So we like to sort of mix it up with the commenters. So I figured I'd, you know, join the people on you know, yeah. have a little casual, just a okay. casual, nothing crazy. I'm, I, I respect not, it. I'm not going to get drunk on you I got guys. a full bar behind me. I might have to go. I yeah. Have to I go mean, for it. throw it on big screen to Bobby. We'll talk about right. oh, I'm on big screen to you. and I'm going to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> go to Bobby. Tell him to talk about James. No, 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 I'm going to go get, let's do, let's do a commercial break right now. Split screen. The Toronto Raptors are back. <laughs> yeah, Should Bob, we do that? Yeah, you, no, yeah. we'll do that later. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll get to that at some point, but. The Marcus Smart, um, Joel Embiid is a nice little bonus to this. I'm going to rivalry. I think, you know, when you talk about who the Celtics rivals right now, I think it starts with the Sixers. And I'm not talking historically. I'm talking right now today. It's the Sixers. I mean, the Heat are creeping up, but I don't call that a rivalry. And I don't really know what other teams you you even have as a rivalry right now, to be honest. Um, no, you know, you, and- see the- you, you throw away last year's series because Philly was so uncompetitive there. And if we look two years ago, too, I guess it's But there's some animosity now. between the two. Is, yeah, is... but the games were intense enough. You have the familiarity. You have the division games. These teams are going to play each other four times a year. And then on top of that, the playoffs. That's that's as close as you're going to get in today's game, the, the proximity. Of right. So the, 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 the smart the smart Embiid, you know, 
a little back and forth. They had some comments for each other. Or Marcus Smart had some comments for Embiid. And Embiid was that friendly, or was that friendly, or was that uh, apprehensive? You think? <laughs> it was a little of both. I mean, it's not like hatred, but there's certainly, I'm sure that there's some annoyance and animosity between the two. And I saw them have a nice little embrace after the uh, the elbow that wasn't from Embiid. I don't know, really know what what that was all about, but. Um, Hey, and, you know, adds to a little bit of the of the drama. These teams are going to see each other, you know, I would imagine in the playoffs at some point. So, well, um, I wanted to talk about something you said earlier, because during d- during the playoffs last year with Simmons out and again, it was a Simmons for Hayward swap. So you can argue in terms of value to each team what that would have done in it. But so much was made of Simmons being a game changer because of his defense. And certainly he like made big defensive plays late in the game here. So no one's going to deny it, but he was primarily on Jalen for a lot of uh, the first game and, 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 and bit stretches tonight. And Jalen ate him alive, ate him alive. Uh, yeah. He Jalen's too quick and too. Uh, Simmons is a phenomenal athlete. Jalen is too quick for him. Are we going to talk about Jalen? No, <laughs> no, I, I mean, let, let's go there because it is by far the most impressive thing. Um, that he's i mean you we, you said it in a text and it's kind of half joking but like you're like jalen is jordan but like well people he, used to joke about it and now he's later production he is getting any shot he wants he's almost any time and it's a, the most amazing thing about jalen is i still don't think he's hit peak like there's still a place he can go where he's going to be legitimately unguardable like he'll be he, because he's almost there where he can get anywhere on the floor he wants at this point. And all of these shots, there's it's so rare he takes a Tatum type of shot, which Tatum mm-hmm. hits. Agreed. That's a great point. But he doesn't take Tatum shots where he's like, he okay. smart shots. He just he's physically able to get where he needs to go because he's faster and more athletic than Tatum is, and nobody can stay in front of him. So he's constantly moving. He's got the little jitters and and the crossovers. It caused, Simmons was off balance all night. Simmons was crossing himself over trying to stay in front of Jalen. He could not do it. Couldn't do it. I, I meant the Marcus Smart shots. He doesn't take the Marcus Smart shots. No, he doesn't. But I'm saying Tatum awesome. takes them and makes them. I mean, it's part of his game. Right, right, right. Yeah, That's yeah. you're game. right. You're he right. It in your eye. And I mean, he's. At a very high percentage, so that's part of his thing. But Jalen doesn't do that. Jalen's points. We're talking about a, what seems to be an unsustainable shooting, an unsustainably high shooting percentage from mid range. But yeah. one of the reasons he's doing it is he's. They're almost all good looks, you know. Brown's like Brown's like mechanical, like a oh, methodical, like you know when a quarterback drives down the field and they call it like methodical drive, like Brady back in the day. I feel like that's more Jalen Brown style, where he's yeah. he's not relying on the hail marys. You know he's. He's just firing down, you know, 10-yard pass, 12-yard, 8-yard, you know what I mean? And, like, all of a sudden, at the end of the game, you know, he's got 30-plus points now. That's, like, I know, what is it? He's got, like, five 30-plus games over the last – over this season or something like that, and he had 42 tonight. And it's becoming yeah, less – straight 20-plus. Yeah, so it's becoming less surprising to see him put up those numbers. Of course, he's doing it without Jason Tatum, so he's being asked to do a little bit more. He's taking more shots. He's being looked at to – take that shot. Um, but he's also stepping. I know they took the loss and they lost um, earlier this week, but he's st- still, in my opinion, stepping up and doing everything he can uh, to keep, at the very least, keep these games competitive and give the Celtics a chance to win them. Uh, yeah, it should be great. It would be great if they could have won one of these two without without Tatum, but it is, it is a tall task when you're playing what I think we all consider one of the best teams 
not only in the Eastern Conference, but possibly, uh, you know, you know, a, a team that, you know, obviously is a, I don't know, top 10 in the, in the, in the league for sure. I don't know where you'd put them, but they're, the way they're playing right now. I was worried too, when Kemba came back, I think we all slightly had this worry that the ball would come out of his hands a little bit. And against the Knicks, we saw that, especially he ended, you know, some of our commenters put it as corner Jalen stuck in the corner, taking the catch and shoot shots. I, I believe like six of his first eight shots in that game are catch and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. And, Kemba's usage rate was through the roof in that game. I wrote for CLNS. It was like 44 to 30 Jalen to or uh, Kemba to Jalen in that game. And then they come out last game against Philly. He gets right on the ball. They're both able to complement each other a little bit. They trade possessions. And again, tonight, there's no uh, issues back and forth between those two. Well, you know, the Kemba ball ran through. Shoots. I'm curious the numbers, but the ball ran through Brown on so many possessions. Um, yep. And it kills me. I tweeted this during the game. It's it, I, it kills me when they have an entire possession when Brown doesn't touch the ball. It kill when we talked about a few games ago. I remember like we were killing Marcus Smart taking too many hero ball shots late in the game in a loss. I can't remember which game it was. Um, and you know we got into that debate who should shoot, who shouldn't shoot. Grant took a corner three in this. Oh, and that. the Detroit game. Yeah, it's less about who's touching the ball. It's less about who's taking the shots and more about who's touching going entire possessions without. Brown in this case, or when Tatum's here without Brown and Tatum touching the ball drives me insane. Uh, yeah. They don't have to shoot it. The ball's got to get in their hands somewhere during a possess during possession in late, in late situations. And, and tonight up until the game got away from them, Brown was consistently having the ball in his hands. They were running things through him. Didn't happen. Kemba's first game back, as you mentioned, but you can throw that one out the window. Nick, it got away from him a little bit last game too. Tonight, a little bit. seven shots in the fourth. I thought that was on the mark, really six. One was garbage time, yeah. but he, he's efficient. If you get him 10 shots, He's going to make five or six of them. If you get him 30 shots, he's well above 50% here. And that playoff game, I think it was game six against Toronto last year. How many shots did he take in that one that drove Jimmy crazy? I think it was over 30. And I remember Jalen Brown? Yeah. No, it was like, I think it was like mid to upper 20s. But this was. And again, everybody was playing and like it was a little different situation. Well, I just never have a problem with him shooting as many. It's like the more the merrier because his efficiency is through the roof. And it was last year for most of his career and, you know, throughout the first two years there, he's an upper forties and now above 50 consistently shooter from the field because he's a great finisher that mid range is expanded. And you guys said there's not those Marcus shots. Well, He's taking a lot of those pull-up threes and hitting a ton of them. So you look at his shot charts after right. the game, he just hits from everywhere. Well, he's earned that right. It, I'm shocked when a three-point, when a, when a clean look at a three doesn't go down when Jalen shoots it. It's uh, it's amazing right and now. And the free throws there now, I mean. He did miss a couple late, but again, late. Um, we've but had this conversation before, and it's, it's useless. It really isn't. It's just fun to have because it doesn't matter. But, like, he could be as good as Tatum. Why not? Like, you know, what's stopping him? There's, right. There's, nothing, 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 there's nothing stopping him at all. And, you know, he's going to be an all star this year. Before we go on, he is going to, well, there's not going to be an all star game. So who cares? I but, think they'll probably still name them, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, this is new because we did like an entire segment on, like, why is everything so hard for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Like, everything just looks hard for them. Like, that's literally the same we did this year. Like, no. Like maybe it was right before the season started, or right after, right after it started. Yeah, so they look. This, effort- this is a 
Yeah. It looks like everything is like hard, like F, like it takes effort a lot of full. effort. Effort, effort full. full. Exactly. <laughs> like you don't have to go that far back. So this is a new development. We're all acting like, oh, this is Jalen Brown. This is who he is. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, this is, a, this is Jalen Brown 2.0. This is like bubble Brown, but like even more so. So it's great to see. And I, and I love, I love that it's no, happening. It looks, and, it's a great point, Jimmy. Cause it does. We did talk about like, right. They seemingly sometimes make it hard on themselves yeah. for Jalen. You still have a lapse or two with some sloppy ball. I turnovers sure. are a tad high for him still, but again, that's also going to be a byproduct of just having the ball in your hands a lot more than he used to where offense didn't run through him as much. So that's going to happen beyond that. It, it, it is so it looks effortless this year, not effortless, but smooth easy sure. it looks you know, natural right? it's yeah. just natural he's just everything it's a, you always talk about i always use the analogy of like you know you guys have all seen the matrix right yep. yeah yeah who finally yes. figures it out and all of a sudden everybody's moving real slow like that's what the game's start, starting to come like for for jalen mm -hmm. it's like everything slowed down around him and he's like i get it now and it's so easy you know i mean not easy but it it's so much more yeah, natural than before where he just kind of go and then hope you know, we'll see how this ends up. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't think you can say enough about game. him. It's, I think a lot of commenters here are saying it like he's better than Jason already. He's better than we, well, Jimmy. You said bias, so it is, but you said bit, why but. can't he be better? I, I, at this point, I don't know that you can you can make a strong <laughs> argument with certainty that Tatum's absolutely the the man. So right, what Tatum absolutely. still has on him is the pick and roll and. I came into the season. I got blasted for a little bit. I should I shouldn't have because we have Goodman saying he's Take not even a, yeah he's not even a second option. But it, I was hesitant to see if he could become a ball handler to where he could make plays for others and run effective pick and rolls. And he's doing it. He's hitting Tice. He's finding guys on the short roll and all those other things. But Tatum dominates it, and I, I still have gripes about Tatum's turnover sometimes in it. But when he hits it, that pick and roll with Tatum just breaks teams down, and they go on you know, 10, 15-point runs with him on the floor. Brown's great in his own game right now. He can hit big pull-up shots. He almost brought them back into it in the fourth tonight. He played a great fourth. But Tatum blows teams away, and you look at the on-off numbers in, with him, and he's such a great help defender too. And, you know, great defender in his own right. Tatum's and, a great team defender. Yeah, and, when he's on the floor, they just throw that length, away. He's, he's an unbelievable uh, – I, I agree with that. There's stuff that Tatum does that still doesn't register enough with, with people um, and, you know, playmaking and a lot of different things. Sure. Yeah. But I, the thing I like about Jalen is he puts more pressure on you, you know, uh, where Tatum has that kind of – slow lull you to sleep i'm gonna hold it i'm gonna dribble i'm gonna set you up and i'm gonna go and jalen gets it and goes you know and i'm always more in favor of putting the pressure on the defense how many fouls did you we talk about jalen getting to the line how much of that is simply based off of speed and catching people backpedaling and off guard a lot of it there were a couple of times where he actually wasn't super in control but because he went hard and fast he he got the call he bought the call because mm -hmm. You know, everyone was trying to settle and, you know, figure it out as opposed to Tatum, who's going to kind of hold it back there and everybody's going to be waiting to see what he does. So I, I like that. I think Stevens always talks about playing faster in general. Yeah. And, and I think I think Jalen does that, whereas Tatum is a bit more methodical and, and calculated and, you know, how he goes about things. I'd be interested sure. to see, too, those transition numbers with him, because just looking at it, I, I mean, him on the break is like Simmons. 
Giannis, LeBron, these kind of guys who just create a fast break and a fast break attack of their own. That's what we saw for stretches of tonight too, where they could open up their offense just by giving him the ball on the break and him doing something with it. And that's what he came into the league great at. That was like his first uh, awesome attribute. And now it's the centerpiece of everything he does still. Well, let me ask you this, Bobby. Because- a- oh, go ahead, Jimmy. And then no, I'll no. After. Okay, fine. I will. I was just going to add quickly. There was a oh, comment go, go. that you had po- posted that was somebody said that Tatum is more like Harden in the sense where he avoids contact a bit, will be more inclined to take the step back. And I, I think I'm not comparing him to Harden, but I think that's kind of accurate, like in the sense where Jalen Brown is more, I mean, if we're making ridiculous comparisons, he's more like a LeBron in the sense where he'll draw contact, he'll, you know, he'll, he won't sort of force a three pointer or, you know, he'll, he'll go drive to the hoop more, more than I think Tatum would. Um, whereas Tatum's more likely to, can we talk about Tatum is more likely to do what we, what we had talked about where he's holding the ball. He acts more like a point guard. A lot of sometimes Tatum does. Um, yeah. and that, that's, that's fine. That's his skill. I mean, it's it, to be that size and to be able to act like a point guard it is a positive. So I'm not trying to knock him. It's just different, different playing styles. Yeah. Um, some, sometimes it benefits them and sometimes it might hurt them, but certainly, we're seeing Jalen Brown evolve, uh, grow, whatever word you want to use, into a level that I think a lot of us weren't sure he was capable of getting to. I mean, that's I think that's pretty fair to say. And he, um, and it keeps getting higher. That's the thing. He keeps setting the like, bar higher for himself where we're like, where else can this go? That's what's amazing to me. Right. Now, now that we're seeing it, we're saying, well, well, now, now that we're seeing he can do this, well, now maybe he can do that, and like I'm starting to see that he can do this too. It's, it's almost like a business that you thought they, you only did one thing, and then they, and then they unveil this whole new, whole new product that's going to, you know, open them up to this, you know, extra growth. You know, that's kind of like what we're seeing out of a guy like Jalen Brown. You're just seeing more than you thought they were yeah. capable of. I put up a couple comments quickly on the screen. We are going to talk a little bit more about Tristan Thompson, even though we hit it a little bit. Uh, and we are also uh, going to talk about Peyton Pritchard and give the updates. The Celtics are talking now. We'll update as we go. But right now they said knee sprain. We'll talk about what that means. Um, I did want to address an earlier comment, and it kind of uh, dovetails into something that you wrote about, Bobby, which was um, uh, how do you think Kemba is going to fit with the Jays here? Um, because it is going to be interesting uh, when when Tatum is back, uh, what this is going to look like. And we'll get into this a little bit later, too. Uh, Kyrie in his second game back. No Durant tonight, but the Nets drop a second straight to Cleveland. So they're experiencing some growing pains, having three ball dominant, three people who need the ball in their hands uh, and also suffering on the defensive end. It's actually interesting, the parallels between these teams right now, uh, even though the talent level on uh, Brooklyn is hard to ignore, but Bobby, you wrote about it to talk about that. How do you think this fits uh, Kemba into this offense when, when, when Jalen and Jason are here? Well, it's, it's going to go one of two ways. You could potentially sp- split usage between those three, like 25, 25, 25, which probably isn't going to happen because you want Tatum above 30 there. I'm interested to see how the balance between Kemba and Jalen is going to go because you know, no one's going to question Tatum having all the usage, all the ball time there. But last year, if you look at the numbers, and we saw it visually during the playoffs as well, when that starting five was together, Jalen was occasionally just a you know 
tick behind everybody else on the offense. Occasionally smart as well, which was the worry last year. That doesn't seem as much of a worry now that he's going to be able to get ahead of smart. You know, smart is embracing kind of that fourth role now, taking less than 10 shots a game. But I don't want him to fall back to 24 where he was last year. If he can stay. Smart took 17 shots today. Yeah, but, you know, they don't have Tatum. So you're going to have three guys over 10. Yeah. it's something to watch for sure. Now, I love the way Brown and Kemba are playing off each other now. The easy solution is to give them all their own bench minutes with players alongside them on the bench. And luckily, Semi and others have been good enough to make that work this year until tonight. But it's a worthy question because what did we just say for a whole segment there? Feed Brown, feed Brown, feed Brown. There's those nights where he's 6 for 8, 8 for 10, and you're like, if, if he had 8 more shots... You know, he'd be able to hit a good percent of those. And, you know, he makes the best use of those possessions. I don't know. How do you guys feel about it? Because I don't think anyone's freaking out about Kemba taking a bunch of shots either. He's incredibly efficient and a great playmaker. And I, 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 pick and roll. I mean, I'm a little worried. We know John's thoughts. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm a, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt because ultimately, I think you would rather have talent and then figure it out than have not talent and figure and have to figure we've seen the problem of having to deal with not talented players and how difficult that is for Brad right now. We've got the, the Celtics have problems between uh, Grant Thompson struggling right now. Uh, you know, semi used sparingly Javante probably playing more minutes than he needs to, even though I think he's played really well. So that's a bigger headache than trying to figure out how to incorporate a player of Kemba's caliber. However, I am definitely a little worried on the fit here. And I'm starting to wonder whether or not he's better in a microwave, not Vinnie Johnson microwave role, but what is, I, I'm starting to wonder how this would look potentially off the bench um with 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 Kemba uh would never happen no and it would never happen and and honestly this is crazy talk because we're talking about oh we're worried about the fit first of all these guys played together last year and and they played pretty damn well and when they were all healthy but that was the issue though like if there was any issue it was that what what, it was what the balance of the shots the ball time fine but but Bobby this is the NBA I mean you 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 want to talk about a league that needs stars superstars what did the Nets just do they had a chance to go out and get blow up their team and get James Harden you think they're worried you think they're worried about how it's gonna work how it's gonna fit I do think they're a little worried (laughs) okay but they weren't worried enough to not do it right that's my point so you can't spin this saying oh Kemba coming back might actually be a bad thing for the Celtics not a bad thing, but that's essentially, I mean, that's essentially... no, I'm just wondering, look, it's the same way. It's the same logic, Jimmy behind. Um, not, I, I know you're not saying it's a bad thing, but what you're John, you, you kind of alluded to the point where maybe he's better coming off the bench, but it's like, he's too good to come off the bench. You have to find a way to make it work. And I don't think it means that it's going to like hinder Jason. Listen, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker all can't score out and score 40 points a night. They're going to have to figure out how to get each other involved. Some One night it's going to be one guy, one guy it's going to be, one night it's going to be the other. I think Kemba Walker might take a back seat a little bit points-wise, certainly because of the emergence of Jalen Brown and Jason, and Jason Tatum as well. Um, and I think he's the type of guy that's okay with that. I think that may even be one of the reasons why Danny Ainge brought him in, not just for what he can do off the court, but his – on the court, but his – but his personality, his his team first mentality, and his willingness to maybe watch Jason Tate, not watch and do nothing, but 
allow those guys to grow in a way that maybe Kyrie Irving wasn't so into doing as we, as we can probably guess. Right. I mean, you know, certainly we don't think Kyrie Irving and Terry Rozier got along. Um, and, and I, I, and it sounds like, listen, maybe they get along now, but the way Jalen Brown was, was talking last year, didn't seem, or not last year, two years ago, didn't seem like he was a huge Kyrie Irving fan either. This isn't a Kyrie Irving bashing segment. It's a pro Kemba Walker segment that I think that he's the type of player that can allow those guys to grow and, you know, help the team win and he can be a part of it. No, and I don't want to insinuate that this is a problem at all. Having all three of them, having the opportunity to sprinkle them across bench lineups and always have one of them on the floor. When all three of them are back, there isn't going to be a second in the game that Brown, Tatum, and Kemba isn't on the floor. And that's going to solve a lot of the bench issues that we're seeing right now. It's just... The aggregate's going to add up. They're all going to get their shots over the course of the season. They're all going to have great seasons. They'll just be those certain nights in the playoffs if they don't work this out perfectly before then. That you might see Brown have eight shots and just kind of take a few corner threes here or there. And you want to set him up. I think what's good, though— We're past that. We can't have that anymore. You can't. But what I do think is good is Brown's such a great off-ball player. And this is where he killed Simmons in the series, too, especially on Wednesday— He'll get himself great shots not being on the ball, too. You know, he shoots well off the catch across the three-point line. His cuts are amazing. And what's the difference right now between Kemba in the playoffs? You guys have emphasis this, too. Uh, and Kemba now is that Kemba looks great, bouncier, making plays. If that's the Kemba on the ball and you get Brown's best off the ball, it works because those are their strengths. You know, like Brown came up being a great off-ball player. Ideally, you'd love to empower him, but if Kemba's rolling, Brown's rolling, Kemba's or Tatum's rolling, it's all going to fall into place. But the question's Kemba if he's not himself. That's the question we've been asking all year. That's the question, but you know what? I'm getting a lot closer to apology cam by the game because <laughs> he's looking better and better. There's no His sign. pick and roll is just... Yeah, there's, there's... Listen, for me right now, it's just... It's just... How does he look out there? Is he moving the way that we know he can move, that we've seen him move in the past? If he, if he doesn't have the greatest shooting night, I'm not concerned about that. It's all lower body to me. I want to see how he's moving. That's it. I want to see if he needs to get the next game off or if he needs to have his minutes limits or if he's stretching on, you know, if, if it looks like he's not playing 100%. And right now, I don't see any of that stuff. So I don't either. I'm, fi- I'm fine with I'm I'm actually I'm, – I'm happy to be wrong if that's where this is heading. So You mentioned this too, Jimmy, just a minute ago. He's going to encourage Brown, too. And this is what I love about him. Like, this is the rare attribute of him is that he comes out after Sunday and says, Brown's just got to keep being super aggressive. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to play hard. I'm going to shoot my open shots. But he's killing it. I don't want him to think that just because I'm back, he can't keep killing it because he can. That's what I'm here for, to continue to encourage him to be great. I, I love a quote like that. We get into cliches all the time and what these quotes mean. But Kemba does seem to embody that, the way he plays and the way he approaches things. No, no doubt about it. I mean, in like, you know, you talk, we made fun of the, all of the over-reporting of Cam Newton and his attitude and his smile with the Patriots this year, <laughs> you know. But Kemba's kind of got, Kemba's got that thing. I mean, he shines it on, certainly, with the smile, but you always do feel it's genuine. I mean, every single thing we talked about with him last year, it was almost like he was like sent to Boston to not be Kyrie Irving. Like it was oh, every single thing he did said the way he took accountability for things after the way he always gave credit to his teammates. Uh, right. it, it, nobody's going to question that the attitude is awesome. Uh, and he's just a guy people like having around. It's just the basketball fit at this point as 
as the as the Jays continue to evolve and the need for them to have the ball in their hands all the time becomes yeah. apparent, then you're asking a person who's done one thing his entire career to do something else. And while, but the problem is when he's of greatest value is when he's got the ball in his hands and just kind of going and being instant offense on his own. So that's kind of the dilemma is you can't really ask him to do something else because then he's not going to be the same player. You know, so no, you're, I mean, you're right. But again, it, it almost goes back to Tunis to his extent, I guess, kind of what Jalen Brown is like, well, we didn't really know what he was capable of fully. And then he added sort of to his game litter. So maybe there's more to, to Kemba Walker's game that he'll be able to grow that we didn't necessarily know we had because he was never really asked to do it. On the other, on the other hand, if Kemba Walker keeps playing the way he is and showing that he's healthy, listen, we know Danny Ainge will trade anybody, right? I mean, aside from maybe a couple, a couple guys, but you know, my, my point is he's, he's not, he's certainly not scared to make a deal. And if, and if a, another team feels that Kemba Walker is now healthy enough where they can make a trade for him That's and the trade is question. there, trade is there. I mean, you can't rule that out now. You know, the whole thing was getting Kemba Walker back on the court. A Kemba trade? Yeah, you can't rule it. I mean, the whole thing was you couldn't trade Kemba because he's hurt and he's never going to be the same and he has a degenerative knee issue. Well, hold on. Now, may, maybe that's maybe that was a little too much pushing the panic button. Maybe he is going to be okay. And now maybe he's Kemba Walker again. And maybe like you're saying, John, he just doesn't fit. I'll say this. If you're doing that, it's for the long term and you're sacrificing now and we would lose our minds. Or at least I would, you know, because if I'm not vouching for it, I'm just giving you different, you know, reasons why it's different, I guess, possibilities with the with the reemergence of of a healthy Kemba Walker. You know, worst case, worst case, he's healthy and playing well, but he's but like, you know, you guys are or what John's kind of saying is he. He needs the ball more. He needs to be a scorer, and, and he can't really, he he can't really, you know, show his worth with his current roster. Well, maybe he would, maybe maybe yeah, he would want to be traded too. You know, I don't know. If, if, right, there is a, if there is another team that would need a Kemba Walker, you know, a, a primary ball, you know, a, pri- a scorer, um, you know, more than they need something else, then yes. I and I can't off the top of my head think of matches here i still think he's no. too much of an injury risk the fact that he's an older smaller player i i don't see kemba really having trade value so i think that the the thing you have to do here is just figure out just the fit on the court and it might just be they're the best players you put them out there and you'll figure it out because ultimately yeah. that's what you've got and it maybe takes a little bit of time but i am just I desperately don't want to see the ball come out of i mean all when tatum's on the floor i I already don't. I already don't like how Jalen can sometimes disappear in games just because of Tatum's presence. And it's not anything Tatum's doing wrong. It's just sometimes what he needs to do to be him. And then when you throw in the occasional Marcus Smart hero ball or Trim- Tristan getting the ball in the lane and thinking maybe I should shoot too, you know, like, and you have five, six, seven trips down the floor where Jalen's not touching the ball at all. I hate that, you know. Um, yeah, so th- this, does, this this comes down to how good Kemba is going to be in that role. Because if he's better in that role than Brown is, and he's rolling the way we're seeing it right now, then it's fine because yeah. they both fall in the place. But he does have to shift to this eventually. He's here till twenty twenty three. He's not going to be ahead of Brown for all of those years, and he's going to have to find where he can fit in alongside those two if he is going to be here for the rest of the contract. Again, little okay. bit of re- little bit of recency bias. This. You know, Kemba Walker, cardiac Kemba, 
has made a career on hitting massive, massive, massive shots late in game. Look, I love Kemba. But, it's, but John, it's, I, I, I know I know you do, but you, you're almost comparing like, oh, I don't want Kemba to have the ball late in the game, just like I don't want Marcus Smart to I don't have the ball want late in games. the other guy not to have the ball. Not Kemba's going to have the ball late in the but game. He, right but there game. are going to be points where he's going to have the ball late in the games, and he, he might miss it, but that doesn't mean it was the wrong idea or the wrong play. Like On this show, have, it does. We all have to assume that Kemba Walker is going to be on the court late in games, and yeah. he's going to get the ball at some point. Having one more guy in the court that can hit a massive shot is it's a good a big thing. deal. We- <laughs> it's a good thing. I don't want him on the bench. So, again, we want to talk about, oh, should he start? Should he sit? It doesn't matter because at the end of the game, he's going to be on the court. Yeah. If the ball's up in his hands, I'm okay with that. No doubt about so that. I mean, late in the game is totally different than everything else. I, you know, um, right. it doesn't matter either. You do wonder whether you, you create more situations throughout the first three quarters, three and a half quarters of a game where you have two of those guys on the floor uh, a lot of times and sometimes one and not as, as, and not as much all three. That's all. And I could see that happening a little bit more where you do um, kind of manage the situations there where you've got a couple of them or one of them on at all times uh, with other people. So, you know, there's always one of the knocks on Jalen before was not able to create his own offense he was more of a you know stand the corner knock down the jumpers but he wasn't able to do it consistently on his own now you really do have three guys who can generate offense at any point in time if you put the ball in their hands and that is a luxury you know you've lost Hayward and his ability to do that but Jalen's ascension right now you just you put the ball in their hands and you feel pretty good as long as you got one or two of those guys on the floor at all times so I'm glad we're cheery for a loss but all right for yeah I'm glad we're cheery for a loss because the good signs here but there is still something glaring here. And I hear Brad Stevens talk about it throughout the week. Probably the last two weeks, really, is that center position. Okay, good. There he is. Here we go. Tristan. Have at it, everybody. Everyone have your John, pound of you, flesh. Sean, why don't, why, don't why don't you start? Since... No, because I don't want to turn it into an I told you so thing. I'm just, I, I've never, I wasn't a Thompson guy to is begin with. Is something it's not, wrong it's with not, him? It's not an I told you so thing yet because it's, but I, I don't want to. Season, I don't want to start because I don't want to gloat. I just, Bobby, he, you start. It's it's what There's we two. keep saying. He's worse than what we thought, and I think it's fair to question whether or not he might be hurt because he's, he's so bad that you wonder something wrong here. He's so he's worse bad. than what we thought. He's worse than what we thought. Is he worse than Miles Turner, Bobby? No, we're not going to go there yet. I think you need half a season at least to see. Was something wrong early on? Do they have to shut him down for a little bit here? Does it something else come up that they just kind of set him aside for a little bit? Because it is bad right now in a way that you mentioned earlier in the show. And we've talked about for a couple of shows in a row now. He can't get himself involved offensively. He actually took three shots in the first three minutes yeah. and hit two and then disappeared for the rest of the night. But I don't, I'd be fine with zero points. Yeah. If he Turner could, 22 and nine tonight with uh, another three blocks, but that's okay. With the hand injury too. Well, wow. yeah. so I, something's gotta be wrong because we know he's not this bad. We, we know we watched him in Cleveland a year ago. He had the best season I, of his career. I'm going to say, 
So Stevens mentioned it yesterday. He says he thinks he came back too fast with no training camp. And that I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. I'm just going to say what I said before the season started. I do believe most people, because Cleveland has been so irrelevant for a couple of years, I do think most people who were on board with the Thompson signing remembered a version of Thompson that existed four and five years ago. And no, not, he was great. And I know year. he had statistically a better overall offensive year. Uh, last year or all around year statistically last year. But again, it was on a bad Cleveland team. So we're not watching them enough to see what the opportunity was and what the need on that team was to know why, if that's why his points per game were up. But I think in terms of his a bit, his athleticism is a bit, and he's not a super athlete, but just how he moves and the way he plays, I think we're remembering a version of him that existed three and four years ago and not, not most recently. And what I want to say to that is, like, Tristan Thompson, like, the, like his style of play, the position, like, the way he plays, like, that should be able to translate somewhat easily from team to team because he's not a guy that you, you know, play around. He's not a guy you draw plays for. You know, he's he's a guy that does his thing pretty much regardless of who who's around him, right, for the most part. I mean, he's going to. He's going to cut to the basket on drives. He's going to go for the boards. He's going to put put back points. So, like, John's kind of right in the sense where it's like maybe some of us do remember the Tristan Thompson that had LeBron James around him. And, you know, he was a little bit – had less mileage on. I'm not going to call him old because he's not old. But he had some, you know, le- you know some maybe younger legs. Um, and now it's like, well, what, 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 what do we actually get here? Because – he does look like he's having trouble getting off the ground, right? Um, some of the, the again, I'll go back to uh, like the shots he took in the beginning of the game tonight. I think two or three went in, but they all were like kind of funky and like it was almost like what, 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 like you know, what's up with this release? And I don't know. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's if it's if it's a health thing. I don't know. I'm not giving up on him. Obviously, I was. I did like the signing. Um, I know that I was. I was certainly on people were starting to draw a line like, well, Miles Turner or Tristan Thompson. I was obviously on the Miles Turner side, but if you compartmentalize, I still think Thompson was a good signing, but he certainly hasn't. You guys could end up being right for sure. And, and I, I take no, I take no uh, pride in it. That's no, not but, trying to be right, but it's, but it's early as well. And what I'll say is, Yo, did I lose you guys? No. I thought I thought I said you drop. Oh, me there, okay. Right? Drop for a second, but you look pretty good now. I I don't want to give up on him because I think there's possibly something lingering here. He's might be playing through something. It's just how do you get to the point where he is playing great? Because it's not like there's going to be an All Star break. They're probably going to be playing games during that. They just play and travel and play and travel. And if he sits, all of a sudden you got to ramp him back up at another point. So I see why Stevens is still pressing him 30 minutes and trying to get him going and keeping him in the starting lineup. Because let's let's be real about a Philly series here. The way Philly's playing, the way they've improved, you know, Tice isn't going to stop Embiid. Rob might one day, but probably not this year, be able to slow him. The best bet they have against a guy like Embiid, Bam, those type of guys who hurt Boston a year ago is a Tristan, getting him fully integrated and having him play well. So I think there's a fine balance right now because I do hate how he's hurting Tice because we we did our rankings after last game. Tice is clearly the best center on the roster right now. He's playing well. He's adapting. I thought he was awesome again tonight. 
I want to get the starters from last year back again together when Tatum comes back. And I don't know where that leaves Thompson. We had that discussion last game. Where do you get him minutes? You want Rob to still have minutes? So I, you know what I got to say? They got to make a deal at some point here. They just have to. TPE, all the stuff we've talked about, the roster is in flux. And I think you hear Stevens calling for it a little bit. Like, why are you running two big lineups? We got to get Rob a little run by himself. You know, we can't get, we can't not have Rob get opportunity. And it's again, you see it tonight. They're going too big again. And every single lineup they send out there, there's an awkward fifth man in it. We talk about Grant. Grant shouldn't be playing the four. So they're trying to find minutes for four centers here. They don't have a wing spot. This goes back to what John said. Maybe they should have signed a wing, but there's still a chance here for Danny Ainge. And this is going to be the final way we write this story. How does Ainge address this? How does Tristan get himself in action by the end of the year? These are the key questions because there's no way they go this whole year without making a trade. Is there? Like, I just, I can't see it. I don't know. If they do, it's, it's not going to be great. What's up? I can't hear John. Can you? I got John. What the hell? He like went below and like he screwed up the audio. He's doing something over there. He's messing with you. Look you at me, John, now I'm right? up here. I know. I, I just moved you. All right. I'm going <laughs> to dip out and come back. Sorry. I think I messed with it. Um, <laughs> you had to make yourself a drink. No, that wasn't it. I, uh, <laughs> I, did that, I did that thing on a Mac when you accidentally screen enlarge. Yep. And I just couldn't shrink it down, so I jumped to a different window, and I, and, I, and I nuked Jimmy by accident. Any word on Pritchard? You keeping a track of the log there? All I see uh, is still what they said before, knee sprain MRI coming. All right, let's see. Maybe they avoided something. It certainly didn't look good. Probably got a hit on that a little bit before the show ends. Yeah. He's been fading in significance a little bit uh, over the last few weeks. I guess it's good they've ramped up Teague a little bit to get there, but I have no confidence in Teague being able to contribute anything. I don't know. I mean, you hate to see it. Um, I'm, I, I was trying to see if there were any Twitter docs out there, uh, who had said anything based on the mechanism. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, actually I might, I might text one while we're on the air here. Might as well. I, I was about to say something, but what, what am I going to add to this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jimmy's waving us on Jimmy. Let you me good? in. What the hell? Dude, Let me I've, in. Been, I've been like this for five minutes. You've been, you, you know what you look, I can always tell when you're looking at like you're scrolling through the like twitter or something i, I can always tell i was looking for something i'm texting someone yeah well we gotta figure what? out what's wrong with pritchard what do you think Listen, jimmy you got a, you got a diagnosis actually, i actually am a doctor and um uh, i do believe it was a knee sprain based on based on the information um that i saw on the tv screen and the way he was walking <laughs> off the celtics um, certainly it, said that it, it didn't seem like he was in torn acl type pain it's it felt like he was in he was in knee sprain type pain and the level of which Jalen brown hit the side <laughs> of his knee kind of confirmed that to me uh after a couple of replays in the old dvr so i'm going with knee sprain i was happy to hear that well i'm happy to hear that but I was but they say that, that but that doesn't mean anything hey listen i believe i'm t they didn't have to say anything they didn't have to say. No, I'm saying sprain. you don't. Knee sprain doesn't mean anything until it's an MRI. That just means. I, I, get it. I mean, listen, he's still going to miss some time. I and mean, the guy could barely put any weight on his knee. You know, we're not going to see him for a bit, but it's a hell of a lot better than, you know, 
what it could have been. I don't even want to say it. Yeah, it still might be. That's the point is we don't know yeah, might be. All right, if fine. this is an ACL situation. And if that happens, that would be such a bummer um, uh, just be based awful. off of – Be awful. Be awful. Fluke. Uh, I mean, back guy, on you know. That was the one thing you were getting something out of that you you, you, you were wondering, you know – you know, you weren't getting, you're not getting contributions out of the year two guys, uh, with Grant being dreadful and uh, Romeo obviously still being hurt, and you know Carson being Carson, um, and then uh, <laughs> and then being Neesmith. and then Neesmith is Nees. You know I, what I will say on Neesmith's behalf? Thank goodness he had an injury tonight, so he didn't have to have another DNPCD next to his name, uh, because that's <laughs> that's that's more embarrassing. But, uh, you know, uh, he was out with what? I don't know what it was, a hip or something? Back spasms. Hurt feelings. Back spasms. Uh, back spasms means I'm not going to play you. Yeah, go with back spasms <laughs> okay. for the foreseeable future. That's but, like uh, that's like undiagnosable. Pritchard returned on the bench. I doubt that would have happened. If... Was he, he was wearing like a trash bag. He was, I don't know what he was he wearing. Was in his, he was Camo, in his... like. Dude, he's in, he's in his like going from the – from the arena to the plane attire, he probably didn't think that he was going to be sitting courtside tonight wearing it. Yeah. But I choose to be positive about this until I have to be negative. I'm not going to jump to any sort of crazy conclusions. I just won't do it. There's already enough worry in my life. I'm not going to worry about Peyton Pritchard until I absolutely have to. So that being said, it it still does suck because I do feel like we aren't going to see him for a little bit. Um, but maybe they dodged a bullet. I mean, fluke fluke injuries are going to happen. Um, and this brings me to my next question. Is Jeff Teague ready to take over that role, Bobby? Your thoughts. Is Jeff Teague ready to get released? <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I mean, the only guy. I, 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 hope, I hope he is, but. The only guy. Honest. So say they do make a move on a bio guy. Later in the year, who would you go? Uh, Green has the non-guaranteed money, which I think actually might have passed at this point or very soon. And you keep Green anyway because he's playing well. So if you had to dump anybody on this roster, he's probably the one to go. Like, I just, there's no upside here. What you get is what you get. You don't get any upside off. Here's the thing. And this is why there will never be a Teague apology. This is why there will never be a Teague apology, Cam. His value, <laughs> no, his value existed on a team where this wasn't game one. It was woo! no, but his value existed on a team that had limited veteran presence without Kemba Walker to start the season. Deep concerns about who might be coming off the bench and playing point guard, and Peyton Pritchard is the only other viable option. What you didn't expect was Pritchard to be as good as he was, and then Kemba to come back and look really good right out of the gate. Right. Each of those two things creates a situation where you really don't need Teague minutes ever at this point. So it's almost hard to get mad at him because he's entirely superfluous. To me, if he comes in and he scores a couple of buckets, anything you get off of him is gravy because you're not counting on him. The reason he had value at the beginning was you thought you might have to count on somebody and you felt better about it being somebody who has some level of experience. And I would have felt roughly the same about Wanamaker too. At least he's a basketball player who you can put out there I mean, Wanamaker had more minutes than he needed he or he should have had year. last year, but he saved their bacon a lot of times. There were other games where you're like, oh, there's too much Wanamaker in this game. But it, you thought you might need Teague. With the emergence of Pritchard and the return of Kemba, you realize I don't, you don't really need Teague. 
Um, right, but now you need Teague. But now you might need Teague. So again, we'll see. Uh, you know, so this what is he where here. this is where I'll, I'll do apology cam on. I will if I have to do apology cam on Teague. I will because I was pumping him up early on. Actually, we did make Bobby. <laughs> we already made Bobby apologize on Teague. So that's kind of hilarious. That I know I that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. <laughs> I thought I apologized for something else. I did. Teague. I thought so. Okay, maybe. I don't think it was. Teague. I would have said no to Teague. Pretty sure we made you apologize, or at least we 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 bullied you into saying something about Teague. But anyways, if he cannot, you know, fill the void left by Pritchard, however long Pritchard's out, I'll apologize because I did think that Teague was a good signing, low cost, a guy that's killed the Celtics over the years, and he's been, you know, he's a proven player in the NBA. Uh, I, like John just mentioned, you, you brought him in because he could sort of like hold down the fort, so to speak, um, when needed. If you can't do that, then yeah, fuck it. I think what I I didn't do, you got to help me. I don't remember what I apologized for. It wasn't that, but I no, did acknowledge. It, it was more or less us just ragging on you because you had a really No, but I did an official apology. It was something else. Out. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top. But what I did admit with Teague is that he drew defense and dribbled in a way that helped other players out, which is probably the most I can say about him. He hits free throws too. He's an awesome free throw shooter and he's gotten there in a couple different games. I like the way he defends a little bit. So there's certain attributes here that lend toward him being, like you said, a more explosive alternative to Wanamaker who draws a different kind of defense. But I, I just looked at Wanamaker like you invested two years in him. He was defending excellent within the system. I like Wanamaker. Great too. playoff run. Dude, one, I mean, we're gonna sit here and talk about Wanamaker. He was fine. I mean, it, it, don't like. Why would you keep was, him two was, years to let him walk? It's for just it's hard to get mad run. about a guy who's who's supposed to be playing eight to ten minutes a game and maybe exactly. giving you a spark off the bench. It's just he's just not a source of. Again, this is why I don't mean to bring it back to my, my points of contention with the team, but you're. You're starting Grant Williams, you know, right now. And I know you won't when Tatum comes back. You're still searching for that rotational wing. And right now, Javante Green looks like the best suited guy, maybe semi at times. And you're an absolute mess with your starting center right now. And these are real issues. The Teague issue to me is such a minor thing. Yeah, it could become more significant now, though. Uh, he was brutal through stretches of this game. He had to play a little more after Pritchard went out, and he dribbled the ball up his foot and missed Ro Rob on a lob. And again, like, I just don't see what he brings besides a nice explosive scoring game every 10 games or so. What I, I was thinking of this second guest tonight because I've watched a few Clippers games. Oh, oh, here we go, Bobby. You apologize for the Raptors. That's it, and that was deserved. <laughs> but tonight, though, they uh, showed me something. They went out and wrecked the heat end to end. Even better. They, we might have to apologize for giving you that, for making you apologize. <laughs> There's a double apology. Cam. My apology I'm cam just, is going to be for forcing that apology cam on you. This we have a couple. We have a couple other exciting cams that I can't wait to bring onto the show. I know. I know they're not ready. I'm not saying we need to use uh, them today. The but Christian very, one. That's called the tease. Good. It's called the tease, Bobby. You don't give it away. If no, no, I was saying apology cam. If we ever have to get to Trish, then it's going to be a sad, sad day. But I'm holding out for a little while. Oh, that'll be and that, that'll actually that'll be. I want the Miles Turner apology cam, is the one that I really want. I don't really want, I don't, I don't want Tristan Thompson to be bad. I just Let's want see, Miles Turner that, to be one very good. that one depends on the TPE still. And you know, we're gonna have that conversation all season. I, but I was, I'm, I'm almost tired of being right. I was thinking uh, of, yeah. I'm, I'm exhausted by it. I was Tough. thinking of it's not for everybody. <laughs> I was thinking of the TP after you guys brought up some more names after the last show. 
And then I threw on some Clippers games and I'm watching Nick Batum. We all oh boy. Oh boy. we all kind of threw that one away. Like, oh, he's too expensive. Why would they do that? He's broken. And again, I don't think anyone's going to be like, well, we'd all have to do an apology cam on that one because I don't think anyone was wanting to bring on Batum for 20-something million or whatever it was. But he is filling an excellent passing role, secondary shooting role off the ball for L.A., He's rejuvenated. looks like he's in great shape. He's playing for another contract. And he would be fitting right in on that wing spot where they needed someone. And that would have been the perfect trade-off for Hayward. They would have sent it back like nothing. So the question will be, by the end of the year, does TPE become better than what Nick Batum's doing for the Clippers right now? Because yeah, that would have thrown you into the tax. Again, we don't care about the tax. It's great to not repeat and drive up the cost and all that stuff. But if you had a player who would have been better than anything else they could acquire with that by the end of the year, and they still might have to pay tax for that TPE, that could be a second guess by the end of the year. I'm starting to think about that one a little more lately. I don't think anybody thought Batum was a good idea, but so I don't think that's something anyone's got to apologize. You know, and the Clippers got him for a million bucks. So everyone was like talking about getting him, getting him and then launching him into space. You know, like you weren't planning on like, you know, let me read his stats this year. 10 points a game, five rebounds, three assists. He's been good. 44% from three. Batum, and he Batum, Shakalaka. And, uh, he's, been um, a, he's been a key piece out there. It's possible. I mean, it's, it's that, it kind of fills that, that role that we were talking about that, that, you can't get Horford because he's too expensive. But how would you would you not gladly put Horford on this and, team right now? It'd be six centers then. How would they work that out? You'd get rid gladly? of the rest of them. <laughs> Thompson and the TPE for Horford. Would you do it? There'd be picks going the other way, uh, but it's a big contract too. Big contract. I don't think. I think you might be getting picks in that deal. I I, I'm sure it doesn't work straight up on the trade machine, but it's close. I wouldn't do it. I don't think so. Wow. That ship has sailed. Coward. What if you were also able to get rid of Grant in the process? Wouldn't that sweeten the deal? No, <laughs> I, I don't think I would do it. <laughs> Bobby doesn't want to get rid of anybody on Green, man. Horford, good though. Man, these Batum numbers are just devastating to read. But again, no one wanted to. No one wanted to go in that no direction. One. Why are we not talking about Taco? I don't know, because Taco hasn't freaking sniffed the court. What the hell are we supposed to talk about Taco? This thing, so fans are freaking out tonight. I'm watching on Twitter. I'm watching the comments here. No Tatum. Kemba's limited still. Rob's limited. And Embiid just came out with two of his best games of the season. And these games aren't going to mean that much. They might be tiebreaker games, I guess. And this is kind of the argument against the series that – Tatum's down for two games and all of a sudden Philly essentially gets the tiebreaker of him being out for this one week. So that's why they didn't do as many series this year. But aside from that, who cares? Like it's game 14. You know, you want them to win these games, but we saw some good things and all of a sudden taco needs to come in. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Bobby, read this comment and hang your head in shame. Yeah, seriously. I, I hesitated <laughs> when I said no to her because I knew that <laughs> what was going on here. Again, though, this is celebrating the past, you know? Well, we're living in the present, Bob. You would do that, Jimmy? Tristan and whatever for Warford and... No, I wouldn't because I don't think that was the purpose of the TPE to just go freaking grab a guy that you... 
Yeah, it could end up being the best guy, though. John keeps pressing this. Like, what is the best thing that they could hope for there? I don't know. I don't know. Again, but that's the thing is, it's we're back. To, patient. We're back to something over nothing and whether the something is better despite its warts, you know, because the TPE is nothing if you don't use it for whatever. And whatever you're going to use well, it why on. Al? What, what, okay, well, let's just focus. Why, why Al? What, what's Al's worth? Defense. Team? I mean, you're talking. Defense. Yeah. He's been a good rebounder this year, too. He's, he's playing well down there. It's just, do you want him through 2023? Defense, and he can stretch it. You know, I know. So, his, so that his, much he, money for some defense? You can't find somebody else that can play some defense? It's not that much money. Like, here's the thing. He's, he's got, got some incentives. If you look in at that. it like, would I go sign him with this pile of cash if I had it for that money? No. But would I get rid of Tristan Thompson's corpse and a piece of paper that says 20 million on it for an upgrade <laughs> on my roster? The answer is maybe. That's all I'm saying. You I know? think I you made me think about it. It's John, obviously so too soon, but yeah. you're you're right. I mean, if it comes down to it, then I mean, I'll say on the money too. Yeah. There's some championship incentives in there. They really softened up the back end of the contract when they signed him in Philly. Yeah, so it's not as much as it looks, uh, but it is a few years, and it hurts flexibility. And I just the way they run the books in Boston, I don't see it because. You do have to balance it though. Like I, you know, what I don't want to see is them to kick the TP the off season because they need something now. The point of the TP was you're missing a player and you need to fill that spot. If John Collins was gettable, but you knew you had to max him right when you got him, would you do it? Because that's kind of what it comes down to with Collins, right? The issue with him is Atlanta's Atlanta's thinking about dealing him because they have to max him and they don't want to, and it seems nobody wants to. Then we're talking four maxes on the team. And you think about it. I mean, the talent's there. The defense isn't. The, they'd have to work around that. But I don't think that's enough to get them, Thompson and Teague. They probably I don't know. That. No, I mean, you're talking a lot of picks and you're talking, you know, I'm not saying Thompson Teague. He's just ask for Richard. Pritchard, Romeo, smart, draft picks, whatever. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm saying you'd have Tice. what Whatever's it's just none of these are actual assets. I don't know that he's gettable, honestly. I will say this: we we came in this year saying, "Oh, the Celtics have nothing." You know, Tice. Some teams I, I no, talked to don't. friends of other teams. People like T Tice. Uh, Pritchard's become one. Semi's still not one, but again, he's on nothing now at this point. They're, they're not assets. Everybody's got one of those guys. You don't trade for them. That's what we keep talking about. Just because they're okay. It doesn't. You don't give anything of value for them because you've got a million guys on your roster, or you can find for nothing who can do the same thing. So they're not actual assets. You know, there's not a lot of that. There are not a lot of assets unless it's, you know, a a, a bunch of picks, or I, I I don't know at this point. Or if, right. again, if Pritchard, I don't know if Pritchard would have been considered an asset if he kept playing this way. Um, you know, Neesmith right now, it's hard to consider him an asset because he's done nothing. You know, there's really, with yeah. them too. You know? none of the young players have flashed to the point that they are assets. There's not a single team out there that's looking and said like, maybe I can get my hands on that Neesmith guy. It, Cause there's, there's no reason to, <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason to believe it. You couldn't get your hands on him. He's too far away from the court <laughs> to ever get your hands on him. He's, <laughs> he's unreachable. I think yeah. if it's anybody, well, it's Pritchard if it's anybody, clearly, because he's flashing something right now. He's cheap. He's on the rookie deal. Tice is probably a close second because he's cheap. You could re-sign him at a decent price probably, and he's a great center for the modern NBA. 
Although I'd hesitate to get rid of him now the way he's playing. Again, he looked more expendable a couple weeks ago. So I'm just saying that they're inching closer to having players. They're they're further along in terms of having assets, even if it's just a centimeter from where they started the year. They've played up guys and developed a little bit. Didn't expect Pritchard to be one clearly coming into this year. So even if it's just him, you know, you're getting closer in that direction. So the next couple of weeks are going to be tough for this team. I believe it's Cleveland on Sunday, a couple road games. I think it's the Spurs and the Bulls. And then it's a West Coast swing right after that, after the Lakers, right before the end of the month. So the schedule gets tough here. Fritcher's out a couple weeks. Uh, if Tatum's any delayed still in coming back, I know they've had a ease Rob into it. We don't know if Tatum was sick or if he had adverse effects. It looks like Rob had a tough time with this. And Tatum couldn't make the trip, so that might be a signal of something here, even though he's practicing. Yeah, it's going to be tough with this team and their depth. And this is like, I, I hope they address the shortcoming on the roster because it's so evident that four spot. Do you fit in a third wing? Do you find a second big man? Someone asked, you know, do you see something with Grant at the four right now? And Stephen just kind of laughed. He laughed. He was like, "I'll tell you, Tatum starting there when he gets back." <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, so they're just sticking Grant in there to get his 11 minutes in. He looks better next to Thompson than Tice did in that spot, but they still had to run double big throughout this game. And Yeah, immediately. As soon as he he came out at four minutes in and they went double big because they were getting killed. I will say, I mean, Rob, what, did, what did Philly do with Grant? No joke. First three possessions, they just went right at him. He is, whew, he is regressed in some type of way, and it's the position, I think. But he played some four last year, didn't he? He looked better than this. I mean, what is he, is he, you think Grant is better able to play the kind of small ball four over semi? No, I think he's a five. Like that Clippers game in February last year where he closed the game. I think that's where he thrives. There's less of a need to do that now though. Cause last year they just had Tice and Rob who wasn't ready. And Grant was pretty much the third center. Yeah. He's never going to get center minutes now. Tough, tough pick. And I don't want to kill him because there's some value to his chemistry stuff in the room and that stuff. Like that, we we forget that that's, yeah. that stuff mattered after 2019. So, I know we were Bobby. You and I were both at that press conference. Um, we got sucked in. <laughs> but I mean, whether we got sucked in or not, it was it was it mattered. It was evident that they were so set on fixing the culture after the bad taste of Kyrie and Marcus and whatever. I'm not calling Marcus a bad citizen, but whatever they had the year before, 90% of it was on Kyrie. It was so obvious they wanted people in here who were good guys. So that mattered. If it mattered to the point that you opted for a guy because you valued his good guyness over talent, I think that's a mistake. I think most rookies coming in are going, unless they're real donkeys, are going <laughs> to generally be positive because they're coming in and they're new and they're trying to grow. You're going to have some attitudes, but... Rather than worry about drafting just for character, just cross off guys who have questionable character, but then go get the most talented guy. I can't understand how they looked at Grant and thought that's the guy. I, I mean, from the, <laughs> I just can't understand it. The only thing I can think of I is I didn't they understand it then, and every moment since I haven't understood it. John, I think they watched too much March Madness that year. Remember, it was Car it was the Carson Edwards show. 
Grant's volunteers made a big run. And uh, who was the other big March man? Oh, Tremont Waters. Like he was great at LSU that year into the tournament. Maybe they need, maybe, I mean, that would be. <laughs> no, that's what it felt like. Of duty. If you're, if the entire, if, if, if all of your scouting amounted to watching as much college basketball as I do in a year. <laughs> yeah. It just went down. Well, you just turn on the TV and March for a few hours. Then that's, his, you his might need a different. Was- Different his scouting bracket department. was the best. His bracket was better than mine. So let me look at the teams he picked and pick a player from that <laughs> one of those teams. No, remember that was the year of Carson Edwards. He was like the star yeah. of the tournament. Dude, you know, you know, you, dude, I, I'll never forget that that game, that Purdue game. I think went went into multiple overtimes. I think, and Carson Edwards had like forty. I'm making up numbers, but it was like he was hitting every shot. They still lost the game, and I think I lost a ton. Or maybe, maybe they won the game, and I just lost a ton of money. And it was because of Carson Edwards. It was against Zion, right? Didn't they draw Duke and they gave him a good run? And so I, I don't remember the exact because nothing matters. All I remember is I was, I'll never forget this. I was at Loco in South Boston. It was very late. It was a long day. And I just, I was tapped out and I, it ended with me losing a lot of money. It was one of those nights. I think I got, I think I was politely asked to leave the bar at some point that night, but. Oh, that was. Uh, we're gonna talk about that draft for a long time. It was. It was a tough one for where the team was. It was Hayward's last year, and you know Grant was the best of all those picks. He had a decent year last year, and if that's the only good year they get out of him, you know, for where they pick him, twenties. We always talk about whatever you get there is what you get. The tough ones, right. Romeo said. The, and we haven't mentioned him yet tonight. Is there a chance that he can come back? I think he's on the road trip. He's shooting with the team. You know, I've weeks. been holding out hope. I, I have, I have a, a, an irrational level of uh, like optimism slash desperation for Romeo to turn into something. You know, you I, I, I desperately, I want the narrative to be that he was injured in college, never got his foot a footing underneath him last year, could never get enough momentum to There's get it hope. going. There's hope. And, and, and just, and that's the reason it was so bad. But like the one thing about him last year that we saw during that little stretch in the bubble where he did contribute sometimes and we're starting to wonder, can he do it? Was how good he was defensively. Um, and that alone would make a huge difference if he can get his H out of his A offensively a little bit and figure out what he's supposed to be doing out there. He uh, shot because, decent, you know. It, because it was always the zeros, though, if you yeah, remember. The key to minutes here is be able to handle your, your end on defense. He can do that. But that's not what you drafted him 14th for. You drafted him to be able to be a scorer. If he can score even a little – massive, massive upgrade at the wing position right now for what they need from athleticism, from defense, from fit. You, you need him to be okay. I'm hoping only because there is no other option on the roster, not necessarily because I have faith in, 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 uh, in the player themselves, but you, that's that's their best hope that a guy you're not counting on anything from comes up and all of a sudden is a revelation or a surprise and you're like okay that's what we needed a little bit of that would would go a long way he doesn't have to be a star he just has to be playable basically do you believe just play just play yeah do you believe it jimmy in romeo yeah i yeah you believe that it's possible that you might get something out of him yes yes i i i Yes and no, to be honest. I don't really have I don't know. I, I, I don't love him. I, I'm honestly I'm 
I'm ha- I'm hanging on to a few like not many not many but a couple instances where he had a couple of good like I don't even want to say games but like moments. A Lakers game stretches. in LA was the yeah. one. Okay, like that's I believe you. I couldn't go back and say that was the one, but I I can remember stretches where it was like, all right, this guy be- looks like he belongs on the court right now. It's just been health with him. He started out behind. He started out behind because he was hurt when this whole in his career started, and he's never seemed like to really be able to put together like consistent playing time, get into the rotation and stay there. It's always been a story whenever he's done anything, and so to me that tells me that he hasn't really proven that he's somebody that you can count on. Because if it's always a story, whenever you do something, then that. It's a, it's good, I guess, in one sense that you're that you're being talked about, but it's bad that it's like we aren't expecting this yet. You know what I mean? So, talk to me when it's not a story when he goes out there and like just does his thing, and then I'll tell you that I can depend on him. I'm not there yet because I haven't seen enough. I'm not giving up on. I'm not. I'm not giving up on him. Just like I'm not giving up on Neesmith, Obviously, I mean yeah. the guy hasn't even had a chance. So we'll see. I mean, I I don't know where he is health wise. I mean, all I. The only updates I get are the tweets that say he's out. I don't, I don't have no idea where he is health-wise. So he's moving along a little bit, but I, I we still don't have a good idea because they haven't announced rejoining practice or doing whatever. He's he's doing some light shooting and he's – I mean. Yeah. So, so I think February. The hell no. Or mid-February. That was the rough target. I'd love, I'd love to get an actual update though, you know? I, I think they, they asked Brad in the last weekend. He didn't have anything. He's right. just shooting. So, not I think, close. I mean, honestly, my expectations are like role player at best, at least for this year. I mean, I'm not expecting him to like slide into the starting lineup and be. But that somebody... would be—they're not asking for a lot. That's the point. If he could give a little bit, it's more than what they have there. You that's know? what I'm saying. Just a little bit. Right. Yeah, right. That's it. Because they have stars. They don't need stars right, right. now. They, they, you need, they need depth. You need not Grant Williams, right? <laughs> that's a little mean, but... But, I mean, it is. Uh, I'm not giving up on Grant Williams either. I think Grant Williams is a smart player. I think They're all he, young guys, yeah. They're all young guys. I, I, I will say this, though. It's not working right now, and maybe it's, maybe it's just the... Maybe Grant is not supposed to be with that starting unit, unit obviously, right? He's not a starter on this team. Um but maybe Brad can figure out a way that to make it work with certain players at certain points, giving guys this, uh, you know, certain guys a rest. I don't know. I'm not the coach. I don't get paid for that. I'm not giving up on Grant Williams either. But I will say, I do get frustrated at times watching him play basketball. I think John just sent that message. <laughs> Which one? I didn't see. Grant it. is what he is. <laughs> you just want to slip yeah. that in while well, Jimmy was talking without interrupting him. No. no I, I completely. I mean, I think, I think Grant is what he is, but. I don't. I, I also think he's better than maybe what we've seen at points. So, and I'm not freaking out about the bench. The bench has been better than Jordan expected. Mickey, yeah, it has between Pritchard's emergence. We talked Sammy's improvement. Green's been great. So they're getting by. And in fact, many of these games, shifting Brown, Kemba, and Tatum in with the bench has made the bench better than what the starters are giving them, especially when you go from double big to one big. So it's all about rotations, finding the right sets, 
combinations, all that stuff. And once Tatum gets back, the bench will be even less important. But you do want to find a fifth man in the lineup somewhere. What, the reason I bring up Romeo, and it's so easy to forget him because he's just been so invisible through the, all the injuries. You even forget yeah. he's on the team this year. Yep. But he's going to become it's available bad. before a trade does. Like the, the tough thing about a trade this year is 10 teams are making the playoffs in each conference. Yep. They push back the deadline a little bit. I think it's late March, but that might not be enough to counteract that. I agree. I do think people are unrealistically holding out hope that something, some trade the Celtics can pull off is going to save them. And it's not, it's not, you're not getting, they need to be saved, right? They're going to make a trade. They they have to, if they don't make a trade by the deadline, somebody who you're going to kind of be like, Eh, I guess it's better than nothing. That's it. That's, that's it. And that's what we said was going to happen yeah. this whole time. You're, it, there there is no who- big move out there that's going to get you a guy who's going to be, whoa, now we've got Kemba Tatum Brown and this guy. You're not going to be mentioning him in that in the breath with those guys. It's going to be something else. Right. It's going to be, oh, good. They've got some bench depth. Oh, yeah, he can help. That Batum one's yeah. bothering me now. Uh, it's also, I mean, also like, and you hope not, but we just saw what happened to Pritchard tonight. And this is why I said last show, you don't make a trade now for a need when you have no idea what your team's going to look like in two months from now or right before the deadline, right. for example, or, or whatever, because you don't know who's coming and going with injuries and wh- who, which guys step up and which guys take a step back. Like a great They could go on example. a roll here once Tatum gets back. Yeah. Sure, they, they could. And you, you, you want to have a clear idea of what your team looks like at the latest point that you possibly can if your goal is to improve for the playoff run. I mean, and that's the whole – I imagine that's the whole purpose, right? So yep. we're, we're talking about possible possible guys, trades, whatever. It's not going to happen right now. No. It's not no going to happen right now. I wouldn't expect anything before March 1st. When's McGee, the deadline? I, I think the deadline's March 25th or so, give or take. I a mean, few days. Uh, March 1st is way too early then. The only way yeah. there's a splash is if somehow Kemba is involved. And I, I don't see that as a possibility. Beyond that, you're looking at some something usable. That's I'm about not, it. We, we, we already enough. talked about it, but I'm not trading Kemba. I think you're selling. I'm not saying you are. Outside. I'm saying the only way to do something splashy is that. Yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't think they'll sure. they, there it is. I mean, we're well past the point of someone calling and saying Jalen or Jason. It's an automatic hang-up. Right now, they might be, in terms of NBA assets, they might be two of the top five assets in the league based on their years and the fact – based on their They're age. not assets anymore. I'm not assets. I'm saying if you – assets They're meaning, untradeable. Un- untradeable. Like they're the most valuable pieces because yeah. of their age and their ability and the fact that they're under contract. They are untouchable to a point that there's almost nobody you would even listen to the other name. You'd have there's maybe two names on the planet that you might even not hang up immediately and never take the guy's call again. No, that's right. They're saying. so far gone. The the drop to the next level of who you're trading is is only right. name is possible is Kemba. And then after that, it becomes smart and whatever. And that's it. So there's not the, the, the chance of something splashy is, is almost zero. And that's another reason why Danny Ainge and Mike Zarin, they're not looking at this team as a win now team. They know what they have. They know that these two guys are 
cornerstone pieces and they have them under contract for you know foreseeable future here they're only going to get better and at some point you have to imagine guys older veterans or whatever are going to want to are going to want to you know again come come to the celtics whether it's buyouts or um you know take some sort of discount to win and if and, and like Danny isn't going to do anything to screw the financial situation of the team in the, in the long run or, you know, make them, you know, shoot for a championship now when, when there's such a big window. That's an interesting one there. I, I've talked a little bit about injured guys and how they Jonathan are. Isaac. They potentially valuable because they're nothing now, but you because they're nothing now and something later. I, I'm, I'm actually, I would favor that for, for, for something down the road as opposed to something less for now. Yeah. That's I I would I and I've thought about that one too. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Gordon there, but Isaac is someone a lot of Celtics fans have had their eyes on for a while for obvious reasons. He's yep. he's right up there, alley for the system. He had a tough injury. I think it was an ACL, so he'll be a year out or so, and that was on top of another injury he had before that. So he's had issues with that. Yeah, uh, but oh, you know, look across the league right now. There's lots of possibilities, but not a lot of teams are even approaching a position where they're going to start dumping guys or selling for the future. You think Houston, Orlando's in a tough spot right now, but there aren't that many. Um, but we're talking trades. I do have to throw in the plug. Keith Smith was on Celtics beat. Talked a lot about all these things we uh, we throw around with Danny and how they take calls and is he not aggressive enough or does he drive too hard of a bargain? That was a pretty good episode they had on there today yeah. to check out. Another thing I'll say, uh, and again, just pumping one of our podcasts here, um, the uh, Gary Washburn was on with Sherrod um, the other day. And uh, we were talking about that window where like this, this notion of not needing to win now versus later that there's a yes and a no behind that. I, you can't kick What's the, the can. No? You can't kick the can. <laughs> We don't need a win. <laughs> no, you can't kick the can too far down the road with stars like Jalen. No, Celtics fans do do that with Jalen and Jason just because they're young. Because eventually they're going to be like, dudes, you're starting to waste you my never prime know now. When it's going to end. You yeah, never and know. you never know when it's going to end. So you know what you have. You can't go too far with it. Um, this is our Hayward conversation. I'm just saying he's not going to mortgage the future and like panic move at the deadline because he feels he needs to win now. Or it just feels like that's kind of like where the Nets were, uh, like the, what the Nets kind of. I'm not saying the Nets panic, but like obviously they traded some players or at least a guy like Lavert for somebody like Harden, which is definitely more of a win now. Harden's on you know a two year deal, or whatever he's got. So I feel like a move they did. I don't see the Celtics doing something like that, which is why they didn't. Right? I mean, there were people who. We're saying, believe it or not, they wanted to they wanted to trade for Harden, and I just don't think. Well, obviously, I know now, but I didn't think at the time that that was something the Celtics would be interested in because they feel like they have a really good long term future here. I'm not saying that they don't want to win now. I'm just saying they're not going to do anything crazy like a crazy splash, like we were talking about, John. Like you're not going to get a crazy trade at least this season. Who knows what's going to happen in the off season? Things change, but right now, I don't see that. Yeah. At some point, they'll have to use the TP, though. If that, I, I remember the Warriors got one for Iguodala, I believe. And that was a big deal in Golden State. And 
they just let it expire. And again, they stunk. They didn't need to use it the following year because they were one of the worst teams in the league. So there's a different context there. But sometimes that TP just does expire, and you don't it find does. the deal. It happens. And, but you get a twenty. Like, I, I don't you want get a twenty-eight million one though. Yeah, you can't let that go. Yeah. you have to use it at some point. All right, we got to we got to pay some bills. So we're gonna tell you again about our sponsor, Manscaped. Oh, Manscaped. Manscaped. Um, it's uh, you know, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, everybody knows that there's two million people out there who trust it right now. Uh, many of them who work for our network. Um, so uh, you know, spoiler alert: you got to take care of business down there. The pandemic's gonna end at some point, guys. You can't just run out there with whatever's been working for you uh, during this. So. Uh, you got to get the perfect package 3.0. It's a below the waist grooming package to start off the new year strong. Okay. You got to come out of quarantine at your best. So you yeah, you don't want to be going out there looking like teen wolf. You know, yep. you're at the can't do it. Down and, you know, people think it's like a full moon or something, you know, you can't gotta, you've got to be ready to go. Sweatpants and whatever else is going on down there. It's not going to work. Okay. Um, you gotta, you gotta step up your game a little bit. So we're looking at the lawnmower. That's, that's the goods 3.0. Um, beyond that, uh, we have a shed travel bag. You can store all of your goodies in there. Uh, there's deodorant. Uh, there's spray. There's there's a uh, uh, powder. I mean, there's, there's, there's no more powder. powder. Is there powder? Yeah. Powder? Oh, there's Listen, no no the crop underrated. reviver. That's spray. We got spray. Oh, whoops. Oh no, and crop preserver. It's a it's a deodorant and a moisturizer. There's a yeah. lot. There's a lot in here in this in yeah, this package. There's, there's a whole thing. Powder is an underrated under, underrated move for for guys out there who have never used it before. Give it a shot. But yeah, definitely manscaped.com is a place where you can at least get started. It's one of those, man. This is what I if you're like trying to get in the stock market but you don't know what stocks to buy, you just go for a for like an ETF fund. That's like just going for the manscaped. You know, just 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 go for the manscaped.com. You you can you can guarantee you're gonna make you know a little little profit there for the most part, and you know you get your feet wet in, into that whole game and you'll feel good about it. You know what I mean? And you, you can, can get you, wet because it's waterproof. What's that, Bob? You can get wet because it's waterproof. Bring it right in the shower. I got the 2.0. Oh, thanks for that visual. That was uh, something that we were all asking for. They, you gotta you gotta sell it. You gotta use your experience and bring it to the people. Yeah. yeah. So it's the code is. <laughs> The code is BEAT20. Yeah, it's interesting. No, 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 no. I take it back. Press Pass 20. I was was thinking that. Yeah, it is Press Pass 20. Press Pass 20. That's the code. I put something on the screen that said BEAT earlier. It's Press Pass 20. Press Pass 20 gets you 20% off. All of that stuff, including the you get boxers with it. uh, Shed travel bag. Once again, Manscaped bringing sexy back in 2021. So uh, make, make sure you do that. Guys, final thoughts before we wrap it. We got Cleveland coming in on Sunday. Oh, I'm excited for that game. That yep. game is going to be such a thriller. I'm so excited to watch the Cavs. And people look at the Cavs this year and say, oh, the Cavs, they haven't been anything since LeBron left. But Colin Sexton is one of the fastest rising young guard stars in the league. He's going to be another challenge for Marcus Smart. Can Marcus Smart stop a shifty, quick guard who has scoring capabilities off the dribble he just dropped 42 on brooklyn on wednesday i don't know how much he had tonight drummond comes in thompson's gonna have to contend with him he's been awesome this year you have jared allen who's been a celtics killer in the past and my favorite rookie isaac okoro who if any i wanted the celtics to move up for anybody it would have been that guy 
he's having a good start for them as well. So that team's going to be tough on Sunday. They're going to be incredibly tough. I also heard that game moved from four to seven because uh, the Patriots aren't playing. So it'll be a little later. Are not yeah, playing? they're not playing. They were going to do a four for champion. If I think we've known the Patriots weren't right? going to be playing this weekend for quite some time. But they just moved the game. It was four we and now it's seven. We, we knew the Pats weren't playing as soon as Brady was like, yeah, I'm out. We were like, all right, well, the Pats aren't playing. Um, you can put the game at any time. <laughs> um, that being said, I will be watching. Wait, I'm I'm watching Brady on Sunday, so I don't know what time the Celtics game is, but seven. If, it's, if it's the same time as the Bucks game, I'll jump on the I'll jump on this call, but I'm not gonna know shit about the game. I, I am all about. I'll it. fill you in. I think I'm going, so I'll I'll fill in the details from the garden. You're going, okay? Possibly. Not so sure. um, let's uh, let's. I did not know what time that game was. I didn't realize it got moved. It changed, yeah. Uh, it is seven. Eight. No, oh, seven. No, I think it's seven. It's uh, seven o'clock. Okay, and the and the and and Brady's at six thirty. Eight thirty. No, they're at three o five. Jimmy, you got you go roll right into it. It's the Chiefs. The Chiefs is a late game. What time's that? Six thirty. Six forty. Yeah, we're good. Then we're good. We're Perfect. Good. All right. I just watch TV all day. Oh, so that maybe they moved it so people can watch TV Brady. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're gonna wrap it up then. Yeah, um, is. Um, yeah. Margarita Fridays. Let's make this a thing. All right. No, but make sure one. make sure people know that because I know on the schedules a lot of places it still says four. I think it's a it's a seven o'clock tip. They just seven o'clock it is. All right. Let's wrap it up for Margarita Fridays. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy has decreed it. So in Margarita Fridays, Bobby's still talking about the time of Sunday's game. I don't know why, but he's still anything else about the time in the game. People aren't idiots. They can figure out what time the game is, Bob. No, not everything changed. I'm just making sure they can find the show that night. They're not they're not coming on at 6:30 wondering what's going on here. That's true. We'll tweet it. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you should. Jimmy underscore Toscano. Bobby, I don't want to get yours wrong. What's yours? Real Bob Manning. Not to be confused with the fake Bob Manning. Yeah. Sean, you're on Twitter. What's your Twitter? I forget. <laughs> yeah, he's on Twitter. I'll just retweet him if if uh, you guys want to know his Twitter. Uh, my final thought is is Tatum going to play Sunday? Do we even do we have an idea? Feels like it. I'm excited for Sunday. I don't really give a shit about the Cavs. I know Bobby just talked about it for 45 minutes. <laughs> they are who they are. You'll be surprised. I do like Sexton. I like that. I, it goes back to that um, highlight of him in college where he just stared down the kid for, at the free throw line. That's when I was like, I like this kid Sexton. People forget about that video. It's the same kid. You remember that? Yeah, and the Kyrie trade. He was the uh, Nets pick that the Celtics yeah, traded. Yeah, I, I like Sexton. He's a little – I'm not sure. I'm not – no, he kind of came out of nowhere. I, a lot of people were kind of down on him after last season. but it He had a rough like few years, yeah. Maybe he's uh, turning it around, which, which is great. Cleveland, uh, you know, they deserve, I guess, some sort of something to do in Cleveland. I don't know what else goes on there. Um, certainly not the Browns anymore. Sweep the Nets. Number two My defense. My thought is I'm um, excited for – Tatum's return, and Jalen Brown just continues to impress me. I know the Celtics lost tonight, and he lost Wednesday. Jalen Brown was pretty – I just was on Twitter. He was pretty hard on <laughs> himself after the game. Pickles for uh, – Jalen Brown was pretty hard on himself tonight after the game, saying he needs to do more on defense. Um, I'm not sure how true that is. I think he's doing, like, as much as he can. I mean, he's going to do so much. Um, but it's good to hear him say something like that. Um, he does um, 
That's something a leader. That's something a leader does say. He doesn't put blame on any, on any other players. He puts Jalen. Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, I'm just uh, I'm I'm happy to see his growth this year on on, on the court, and you know, he's already grown off the court. So I, I don't really. Need that's to a good one, Bobby. For you. He said he wants to become villainous defensively, I think was the word he used. And I've yep. been calling out that defense all year. I, I I thought this team had the potential to be the best defense in the league between Thompson and Smart and all the personnel they have. And they'll be better when Tatum gets back. And this goes into the trade conversation we just talked about forever. But I, I want to see this team battle defensively. So they got killed by the Knicks on Sunday. I think Knicks are third in defensive rating or top 10. Something like that. Yeah, they're third to start the year. Cavs are two. So if the shots aren't falling, if they're getting down on themselves, if fouls become another issue that they're frustrated with, don't get pulled out of a game. Again, here, dragged out late in the fourth quarter. We all know what happened against the Knicks there when the shots weren't falling. They just kept jacking more, getting more frustrated, forgetting about the defensive end, rebounds, all that stuff. It's great that they're killing on offense, and they are. I love what Brown's doing and all the rest. Smart's been good. But this team's not going to have an upside if they don't get it together defensively. It's going to take time. We talk about the entire league struggling on the defensive side of the ball. But look at Philly. They haven't been great offensively. Tonight they were much better than they were Wednesday. Yeah. But they they play defense. They rebound. Dwight seals up those boards on the defensive end. And that's why they've been better. Celtics, they're hitting a ton of shots to start this year. So that's why they're second in the East, third yeah. in the East now. But uh, they got to defend at All some right. point. My- my final thought, we talked about this a bit at the beginning of the year, how this was going to have to be a team that revolved around stars because they lost depth by losing Hayward. We didn't know if Kevin would be back. And, the idea, and what we were talking about was whether Tatum and Brown can make a leap into a next level. Um, Brown's made it already. We talked about the top 100 list, which is extremely arbitrary, but the top 100 list prior to the year have Brown listed in the 30s and 40s. He's already a top 15 player in the NBA right today. And All he's right. done it. And he's done it in 15 games. Okay. And we said that was too high. We and, said that was too high. Yes. And so we knew, we actually thought he was shortchanged a little bit on yeah. those lists. But what I'm going to say now is, you know, again, I maybe I overreact to the positive and the negative. It is what it is. But I'm ready today to say that there's not, and again, I know there's super teams out there and you have LeBron and Davis and you got the big three in Brooklyn right now. But I, in terms of having two players right now, given everything and their age and their salaries and their situation, it's the best tandem in the league. And, and I, 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 and I can't, I don't know that you can argue best in the league. <laughs> huh? Best in the league. Best tandem in terms of fu- future, everything, it, everything, their age, their contracts. And would you, and how long you're going to have them for? I, I don't know that I would, it, I wouldn't swap these two for any other two right now. I, I stay up later than you, John. <laughs> I catch those Lakers games. I stay up. A I understand later. that, but I'm I'm not giving up. I'm not trading anything for friggin' 36 year old LeBron. Like it's, I'm sorry. You know, like would you trade right now? Tatum and Brown for Davis and LeBron. No, it's a tough call. 
I, I don't and know. I, and I know enough. that saying that LeBron is the best player who's ever played. It's that question of one. What's the value of one championship? And LA already has one. We don't no. know if Brown and Tatum are. The under twenty five stars are, are the most valuable commodities in the league, and you have two of them playing at very close to a top ten NBA level. That is an unbeatable combination at this age and this stage in their careers, and they keep showing you. And I actually, I don't even think Tatum's really shown much. Statham's been fairly flat this year. I there is no, I don't even know where Jalen's ceiling is at this point. So that's my vibe here is if it is a superstars league, the question was always, are these guys true elevate like top level superstars that you win just with them? The answer might be yes. And so then the rest of it doesn't matter nearly as much. Well, you can lament, you know, you can lament Grant Williams this and that in other teams, but if you get to the point where people are just going to like, what, there might be a stage where Boston dominates a buyout market because people are just like, I want to go there and play with those superstars right now because right. that's my shot. You know, like it's that's possible. Year. That's possible in a year or two. Right. You know, so right. it well, might not be this year, but the, the, I don't even know at this point. You're telling me two years from now this isn't going to be the best overall tandem in basketball. It's hard to imagine that it isn't. So if that's the case and their ceiling really is top 10 NBA players and you've got them locked under contract for the next five years, you're doing pretty well, you know, and, well, and a, a lot of things can fall in behind that. I, I just, again, I'm not going to knock you for wanting that situation. I like watching those players. I like following those players and they're just a lot more likable than Davis and LeBron from our perspectives. But it's that conversation we just had now or later. The Lakers are heavy, heavy, heavy favorites to win the title this year, back to back championships. That's tough no, to pass it, up right now. It's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, what about, okay, what about, I mean, this isn't John, this isn't what John wanted to do. He didn't want us to go through every team, but what about Kawhi and Paul George? You, you would, you would, it's uh, not even close anymore. No, that one's no. That's that, that, Brown all day. No, I mean, it, it, it's a good point because I'm going through teams and I'm like, well, you got Lillard and McCollum. I mean, I'm, I'm going. No, through. I think you're right for everyone except LA. It's tough to say, look at LA's duo that just rolled through the playoffs. No, I mean, it's tough to look at Kyrie and Durant, honestly. That's the hardest one because they also have, you have nah. Kyrie who's, you have Kyrie who's not, not, he's 27, 28, and Durant, again, he's 32. That one's a much harder one to say, especially if you want to factor Harden in. Picking any two of those, that's actually the toughest one. Yeah, uh, if, in terms have, of trade, though, I'd say no in that spot. I have one that you forgot. Siakam and just take your pick. <laughs> uh, for Toronto, they'll get back. They're tough. They're already rallying. No, John, it's a good point. I, I think I'm, 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 I understand where John's coming from, but I also understand where Bobby's coming from. And I've always been like, you, 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 you want to win. You don't, you don't want to sacrifice potential wins for wins that you think you can definitely. The Lakers are really good to start this year. It is unbelievable how good they look and they're starting. They destroyed the buck bull, uh, the uh, Bucks last night. They're 7-0 on the road. LeBron and Davis are locked in. Hey, look, they're going to win the title. I mean, or, I mean, they're going to go to the finals. I mean, they're, they're, I, I, yeah. Bobby, look, I said it at the, at the beginning of the year, I think they're way better than last year. And yeah. that was and I think Bobby the, said they were worse. Bobby said they were worse. This is before they played a game. I said this team's way better than last year. I'll do an team. apology cam on that one. 
So you don't have to sell me on the Lakers. And I'm not saying this in an I told you so way either. You don't have to sell me on the Lakers. They're LeBron's LeBron and Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis. I'm simply saying at this point with their age going forward, I'd rather be in this position with these two guys than anybody else because you're not talking about this year. I don't know that this is a championship year, but you do need to start filling in some holes. I just think it becomes easier with these guys because they all eventually be the two people you point to and say, that might, that's the team I want to go to and play with those stars, you know? And I, I, we didn't know whether they were going to ascend to that level of stardom or not, or whether they'd be kind of in the t- 15 to 25 range, which there are other guys like that, you know, like Murray and, you know, Jamal Murray. I mean, you can make a case for Murray and Jokic. You can make a case for Booker. I mean, now they got Chris Paul. There's other players. There's a lot of really good players out there, right. but I, I, these no, guys I might, be- these guys might be their all around game at the positions that they play wing, which is the most valuable position to have two of them at this level. I, I don't know that you can beat that. Yeah, don't take it for granted. What we're watching right now between those two is really special, and you hope yeah. it's going to last 10 to 15 years from now. But you ne- you got to just enjoy it today while we have it every single day. I know Kevin – And that's why I don't want to wait time. too, too long on filling things out around them because you, you want them to be happy. You want them to be here. You want to you always be thinking about winning. So I'll say this. They played LA tough last year. They destroyed them in the garden. They played them so tough on the road during that Kobe week. That's, uh, you know, coming up a year ago next week is the Kobe week. They're coming to the garden on the 30th. That is going to be a fun game to watch if the Celtics are fully loaded. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we said we're going to wrap it, so we will. Uh, we're back on Sunday uh, after Tom Brady. Are we rooting for Brady, Jimmy? Of course you are. Dude, I'll die for Brady right now. Just tell me how and where and when. So yeah, yeah. I'm rooting for Brady. I've, I've I've been on the Brady train since day one. I don't get me started. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm rooting for Brady now, so you can relax, Bobby. Rooting I'm for Brady. I'm all in. I I always liked the Buccaneers. That was always my NFC team. So it was a match made in heaven when those two came together. Don't ask Mine me why. Me. I just like the jerseys growing up. Yeah. I like the creamsicles growing up, but I I I'm, wait, John. Uh, this is developing. You're now rooting for Brady. What what changed? Um. It's strange. Patricia today. It's like, what are they doing? <laughs> you, you can't. You, you might decide something, and then you're as you're watching it, your feelings just sort of change. But I think um, two things for me with Brady. Um, I like Aaron. Ro- I don't like Aaron. I I I, I hate Aaron Rodgers. But two, I can't deal with idiots having another who's the greatest debate if Rodgers happens to win this game. It'll make my head, it'll make my freaking head explode. This is an argument that's been over for five years. It's been over for 10 years, but it's really been over. So this for, is about Brady Rodgers for you. The Bra- I, I don't wanna I don't wanna listen to the who's the greatest quarterback. I don't it shouldn't come up every year. Brady's 43 years old and the debate's been over for a freaking decade. Oh, yeah. It's- no but part. but everyone's going to be like, oh, is Rod? There's still a faction of people out there who think Rodgers is the greatest, and I just, yeah, I, I, Wisconsin, I can't listen to it anymore. So you need a win to never have to listen to it. So so that that's fair to me. Brady's already proven that he's the goat. You know, four different, five different, ten different times. He doesn't even need to win. He doesn't need to win to prove that anymore. But I would just love another feather in the cap. I, I would just love another uh, Brady. Goes it's a better the, story. He goes to the NFC and he just and he just dump. He just takes over the NFC just just like that after twenty years in the AFC. Like 
Yeah, it's a bet. Completely, it's it's unbelievable to to even be in the NFC Championship game is is a crazy accomplishment. These guys had no offseason. Tough conference, yeah. Tough division. They had to go to New Orleans. No offseason. Brady gets there as easily as like I get to the bathroom in the morning. You know, like that's guys. Just goes to conference championship games. You're showing the potential of the Jimmy John podcast right now. I can see it right in front of me. The other thing is, the last thing I'll say is, it's like Brady's 43. Like, like I'm I'm 30, or is he 43? 43, right? I'm 30. 43. Wow. I'm 33, and I know I look a lot younger than that. But if I was playing in the first of all, if I was playing in the football all growing up, high school, college, and then I was in the NFL for 10 years at this stage of my life. I don't know how I could fathom playing another 10 years and being at the top of my game. Like, it's just crazy to me. Like it's, it's un, it's something that's never been done, but literally never been done before to be playing at this stage and at this level and people still want to hate on him. That's what I can't, I can't believe people just refuse to acknowledge greatness and, and refuse to appreciate it and enjoy it. And that's well, the same goes with LeBron James. People want to, people want to spend all their energy hating on LeBron James. This is a once in a generation, maybe a once in a lifetime type player. And people want to spend all their energy hating on him instead of just enjoying what he does and what, what he's capable of. And like, hey, that's all about Brady. Yeah, you know what taught right. me that to me was Isaiah. We, we thought Isaiah was just going to keep going and going and going. And it was just such a flash in the pan. And you look back and you're like, wow, I'm glad I enjoyed all those moments. Not quite the same exact thing, but that's, that's what makes what? me feel good. <laughs> Mac, you mean Ziggy? That's not his stepson. That's his actual son. It's a, a wire. It's a wire reference. Um, it's a wire reference. What a show! What a show tonight. Make sure you make sure you get the podcast version. CLNSmedia.com/gr. Easy. Yeah. Go get yourself the podcast. Yeah. Version. If you jumped on halfway through and you're, you know. Going for a drive tomorrow. Pop on the podcast. Yeah, podcast is always good. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get alerted when we go live. A lot of you guys already, I'm sure, are. But tell your friends about it. We like having you guys in the chat. It's always fun. Uh, keeping it light. It's a good crew. We like uh, uh, interacting with you guys. The comments are terrific. Uh, and thanks for hanging out with us on a Friday, Margarita Friday. Uh, we're back on Sunday night. Um, so we will uh, chat with you then. Uh, as always, Jimmy Toscano, Bobby Manning, John Zanis. We will have Josue Pavone back on Sunday. We're confident of that. Everyone out there concerned about Josue. Uh, he's missing a lot of games. He'll be back. I think he's on a Tinder date, which is fine. Yeah, we, we we can't we can't have uh, we can't have perfect attendance. Uh, Jimmy even said he might take one off. That means. Uh, uh, Nick, he's out there right now. We're calling on you, buddy. Speaking of unsigned free agents and TPEs, yeah. <laughs> I think I might miss Monday's game. I'm just gonna say that right no, now. No, Nico, Nico is um is his uh is his nephew. Nick. Nick is the nephew. Am I gonna have to Google the wire now? Because season knows. season two of the wire. It's the one with the Greeks, so obviously I've seen it, but I've seen all I've seen actually seen the wire start to finish probably eleven times. Um but uh yeah. Season two, the docs. I'm actually going to shave, so if I look like somebody, maybe I'll look a little different on Sunday. Yeah. Not fully shaved. Um, I would love Manscaped to maybe swoop in and help out with that. But shave it up, yeah. I'm All right, trim, well, going to trim the beard a little bit. It's How can these guys miss us if we won't say goodbye? We're going to wrap it, guys. We'll see you guys later.